You told me your name earlier. Kieran? Perfect. See, I remembered. Told you I would. For those of you that have met me before, my name's Austin. For those of you that haven't met me before, my name is also Austin. So same name whether you've met me before or not. Anybody know who I am? I don't know if I need to introduce myself again. I guess I will go ahead and do that. It's probably been over a year since I've spoken to you guys. Um, so a lot's changed for me in a year. I had my wife and I adopted our son, Hudson. He just turned one a couple weeks ago. And um, we are expecting our second son, not adopted, biological this time, in January. So we're going to have two sons under 13 months. So that doesn't mean a lot to you guys, unless you have brothers and sisters close in age. But to the back row, you can probably empathize <coughs> with where I'm at. <laughs> two under 13 months is going to be pretty busy. So if you're looking at my face, which you should be because I'm talking to you. But you're also noticing the um, magic marker that I lost a fight with earlier today on my face. Just kidding. I got sick. My son got sick from his one-year-old birthday party. I got sick too, which is what Genesis was talking about. And this is just how my face reacts when I get sick. So you guys are blessed to be able to play connect the dots with my face while I'm talking tonight. All right. So in this up thing right here is making me really happy. That was our theme for our one-year-old's birthday party. So he got sick at his birthday party, which made me get sick, which makes the connection here just kind of funny that that's standing right behind me as I'm speaking. God kind of has a sense of humor, right? He does. So what I'm hoping to speak to you guys about tonight, and my wife also has a sense of humor, and she would have been here tonight, but he's still not feeling well. So she told me when this all popped up, because this popped up yesterday, when I knew I had to be here tonight. So it's just kind of funny how it all works out. She said, you know what? Maybe God's telling you, you should be speaking about how Jesus healed the leper. And I was like, that's really funny. Thanks a lot. But that's not what I'm talking about tonight. What I'm going to talk about with you guys tonight is living on mission. So somebody tell me, what does the word mission mean? When you think about it in a church context, when you hear missions, what do you think of? Raise your hand and scream it out. Nobody's raising their hand. What do you think of when you think of missions? Missionaries, that's number one. Think about Brother Dan and Mike in India right now. They're on mission in India. I'm not sure who else went with them. Um, but that's, you know, when you think about church, you think about, and you think about the word mission, you think about missionaries, and you think about going overseas, Right? Well, that's kind of right, and most of the time that's true, but we're also called to be on mission as a follower of Jesus Christ. So have a short video I'm going to pl have played for you. I'm giving them some prep time to get it rolling. It's very short, and whenever you're ready, you can just tell me to stop talking, and I will, if it will play. Fingers crossed. All right, cool. So watch this.
I will stall while they're working on that. How did I get my shirt? This shirt? Um, my wife went to the store and bought it, I do believe. Yes. That's the story behind the shirt. I know. How'd you get your shirt? Is there an interesting story behind that? All right. Well, we're going to pretend like that video worked. I'm just going to talk to you and tell you what happens. Unless we're going to be there. I'm holding out hope. I believe in you guys. But it's okay if it doesn't. All right, I'm going to pretend like we watched it. So, basically, the story goes on this video. Oh. Okay, there we go. I guess it started one morning. I was sitting in church, uh, just a regular Sunday morning, and um, the pastor was talking about missions and long-term and commitment and all of these kinds of things. And I guess normally that would that would impact me a little bit, but this time it was... It was different somehow. It was like God was pounding on my chest. And I just got this huge smile on my face. I was ready. I just started looking at my life and asking myself, what would it look like for me to be on mission all the time? And devote my life to that and become a missionary, I guess. I remember growing up in church that missionaries would come visit. I was just always captivated by their stories. And I knew that there was a, a world that was so much bigger than my backyard and that there were people in that world who needed to hear about Jesus. And I just, I've always wanted to get out there and have the ability to to tell people about Jesus and see that transform lives. I just kept hearing the same words, planting seeds, nurture, water, tend, person by person, life by life. Don't wait. You're ready. Just go. I felt like I was kind of waiting around, like, is this something that God would call me into? And, and when would that happen? Where would I go? What would it look like? And then all of a sudden, it was like this lightning bolt. Like, there it is. There it is. It's, I mean, it seemed almost obvious. My name is Bradley Martin, and I am answering God's call to go. And I am a missionary. So some people are like, man, that was cheesy. And I was the first time I watched that, but the more I thought about it, the more I, I realized that so many people in church today and so many followers of Jesus think that you have to go 
way far away if you want to be a missionary. And that's just not the case. So what I'm going to talk to you about tonight is that, but I want to pray first for us. So pray with me. Father God, we just praise you for uh, just your love for us, Father, and just bringing us all here today. I thank you for bringing me here, Father. I, I pray that, that this message would be straight from you, Father, that my words would not be my words, but they'd be your words, Father. I pray that, that they would speak to those that, that you uh, that you have uh, called uh, within this service today, Father, that they would hear your words and that they would respond to them. And I just thank you that you would even speak to us, Father. Uh, the God that you are would speak to uh, those that you created. It's just an awesome thing. So we just praise you for that, and we thank you for uh, for your love for us. In your name, amen. All right, so where I'm going to be reading from tonight is from a book called Ephesians. If you've got your Bible, it is a New Testament book. It follows Galatians. comes right before Philippians. Girls eat popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, right? So we're going to look at chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 1. But what I, what I want you guys to think about this during this whole time is try and relate this passage back to that video as much as you can. So this video, and I'm not going to take credit for it at all because at my church, and I go to church, I live in Jacksonville. I didn't explain why I'm here, did I? I used to be in Dan's uh, youth group when he was in Jacksonville. So I was the keyboard guy and in his youth group. And so um, I've known Dan for a long time, probably, I don't know, really a long time, probably at least 15 years. So um, he asked me to come speak. So I, I'm no longer at that same church that he was at. So I, at the church I'm at now, we are going through a whole um, Life on Mission um, series. So this video is one that we showed a couple weeks ago at our church. So I wanted to show it to you guys because I thought it fit with what I was going to speak about today, strangely enough, living on mission. So, but anyways, in Ephesians chapter 2, as we're reading this again, just kind of think in the back of your mind, how does this relate to that video that we just saw? So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived, and the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And we're looking at verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And last verse, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the first point that I want to make from that set of verses is God made me to love me so that I can love him. Does that all make sense to you? God created us to love us so that we could love him and in turn love other people as well. So when you think about what's our purpose, it can really be boiled down to that. 
And uh, actually, Jesus said it himself in Matthew chapter 22. He said, um, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So that's what Jesus said. He said, number one, you've got to love God. Number two, you've got to love your neighbor as yourself. So when you think about what is the reason that we're here, God made me to love me. He loves us. Obviously, that's why he created us. He wants us to love him. He wants us to love other people. So think about that. And obviously, you're kind of seeing where I'm going with living on mission and what that would mean. So we weren't born on accident. God created us with a purpose. That purpose is to love him, like I just said. And in Ephesians, the previous chapter, in chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, it says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. So what's that saying is that what's that saying is that he had a purpose for us. He knows that we're here right now. He had a purpose for us being in this room today. So he has a purpose for our life. There's a reason that he called us to be his sons and to be his daughters. That's number one, to love him. Number two, to love other people and show them that love that he has for them as well. Y'all follow where I'm going so far? Okay. I don't think it's too confusing so far. I don't think it's going to get very confusing either. So hopefully you guys can follow. I'm seeing a lot of eyeballs, so that's still good. When I see eyelids, I know that I'm putting people to sleep. All right, we'll keep going. Another important thing to know is, number one, we know what our purpose is. God made us to do what? Love him, love others, show them his love for them and his love for us. I know I just totally messed that up from what I said before, but there's a lot of love. It involves God us and other people, right? So that hopefully makes sense. But the second thing that we need to realize is that the purpose that we need to live for that, we need to live out that purpose if we want to um, see God's best in our lives. Does that make sense to you? Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. So what that's saying is that there's, we have things in our mind that we see that we want to do with our life, obviously. We want to be an astronaut. I don't know where that came from. Who wants to be an astronaut? It would be kind of cool, but most people are thinking, oh, I would love to be a doctor. I'd love to be um, something cool like that, or I want to be a nurse, or I want to be, I went medical with both of those. A lot of people that I know are in the medical field. What's something that you guys want to be? Missionary. That kind of goes against what I was going with, with what I was about to say, but that's okay. The hmm? Teachers are awesome. Teachers are awesome. I am a number cruncher, so go with that, however you want to go with that. But um, so what that verse is saying is that there's a way that may seem right in, in your brain for what you want, but that way is not going to you, lead you to the life that God has has prepared for you and has in his will for you. So that's what that verse is saying, is that we need to be so in tune with what God has willed for our life that we are following his will and we are responding to him and listening to him and obeying him. So number one, we need to understand our purpose. And our purpose uh, for being created was to love God because he loves us, to love other people. 
number two, we need to follow that purpose and be obedient to Christ if we want to experience all the things that he has planned for us. All right. So that's kind of that's the whole premise of, of what I'm going to speak about tonight. And I know that I keep saying what I'm going to speak about tonight, and I'm already like 15 minutes in. I promise there's not a ton more. So don't think I'm going to keep you here all night because I have to drive back to Jacksonville to a one-year-old. So I'm not going to be here that late either. The truth is, though, that we're in this room tonight because one of two reasons, one of three reasons. First reason is that you've come to a relationship with Christ and you believe that he's your savior and that he saved you from your sins and you want to be here to worship him. That's the first reason, right? Second reason could be that somebody invited you to come here tonight and you don't know anything about Jesus. You don't know what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You don't know what it means for him to be your savior. You could have just come here with a friend. That's the second reason, right? Third reason, your parents forced you to come. That's the third reason, right? So is anybody here for any other reasons, you could raise your hand, but I think I've probably got them all covered. But the truth is that we're in this room most likely because we have a relationship with Christ and we want to worship and worship him. And you're here because you're following him. You're obedient to him. But what about the people that aren't here? The people that are in your classes with you every day that don't know anything about Jesus. They aren't here. They don't know what we know, right? So we have this secret that we're keeping that God tells us that we should be sharing with everybody, right? So in these verses that we just read in Ephesians chapter 2, looking at um, verses 1 through 3, let's just read those one more time. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. All that's to say is that everybody that you know that doesn't know Christ, they're dead. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that Christ is the only person that can bring life to that death. We were all there. Before you knew Christ as your Savior, you were dead. That's what the Bible says. So everybody that you come in contact with that doesn't know Christ, what does the Bible say? They're what? They're dead. So it's our responsibility when we love others, to share that love of Christ with them because that's what's going to bring them true life. So think about that and think about the video and kind of think about where this is all going. I think you can probably see where the, I see the wheels turn and I think uh, you guys know where we're going with this. But Second um, Peter 3.9, so this is a, a key point here. The point I'm trying to make is that Jesus doesn't want anyone to be separated from him. Second Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowless, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The Bible says that God wants everybody to come to him, to, to reach repentance and come to him. And, but we know that that's not the case, right? Not everybody is going to come to know him, but it's our job to do what? share with them, right? To love them and share Christ's love with them. So we know from the Bible that Jesus doesn't want anybody to be separated from him. He wants everybody to come to know him. So it's our job and our purpose to love them as he loves us, to love them so that they know that he loves them too. There's a lot of pronouns used in that. So I hope you guys know what I'm saying. God loves us. He tells us to love him and to love other people and to share that love with them.
All right. And I'm a little bit lost in my notes here, but we'll try and catch up. And obviously, um, it's just a key note here. Um, Through Jesus, God has prepared an escape for those that are facing death. That's the note that I had written here. So the Bible says everybody that doesn't know him essentially is dead. But Jesus is that escape for them. He brings that forgiveness and that life that he promises to us. So lastly, here's kind of the key point, and this is what I really wanted to get to, and you guys are probably like, wow, he's just getting to the key point. But no. So really, who should we look to? Uh, so obviously, we, we understand that, that our key purpose here is to love God. Second purpose is to love other people. So who would probably be a good example for us to look to in realizing how we should love other people? Who's a good person to look at? Jesus, that's right. So uh, what I really wanted to get to tonight is loving people like Jesus did. And I'm going to read a verse that everybody knows and then read a verse right after it that lots of people don't know. But John 3.16, I heard it said over here somewhere. But uh, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Does anybody know verse 17? Some people do. I'll go ahead and read it. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So a lot of times we stop at the end of verse 16, but verse 17 is key also. Jesus came, and obviously we know this because we're in this room, Jesus came so that those that don't know God would have a way to know God and would have a pathway to know him through the forgiveness that he offered when he died on the cross. So Jesus loved people who were lost and needed someone to show them the way. If we're reading uh, another verse I have right here, Matthew 9, 36 um, says, and this is when, when Jesus looked at the crowds that had gathered around him. So Jesus was here on the earth. He ministered for three years, went tons of different places. And this is when he was in the midst of one of those crowds that was around him. And they would come to him because he was healing people and he was doing miraculous things. So he always, uh, everywhere Jesus went, a crowd gathered there. So this verse is when he's in the middle of one of those crowds, and this is what, uh, this is what it says about, about Jesus. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. So that word compassion, this is something that, that our church has been talking about, and um, I'm going to teach a little bit of Greek. I don't know if I'm really qualified to teach Greek tonight. I can't speak Greek fluently, but I do know one word. That word compassion, I want you guys to, to repeat after me, and it's going to take everybody to sit up straight because it's going to have to come from right here, right in your gut. You say the word shplakna. Shplakna. More ch. I can't do a ch, but it's like shplakna. That word is the Greek word that's used there for compassion. And what that means, and, and it's way deeper than the word compassion that we think of, but it's almost like um, gut-wrenching type of feeling. Does that make sense to you guys? So Jesus had so much compassion for the crowd, and what is it? what was the reason for it? What does it say? I know that you guys don't have the verse behind me, so I'm like asking you guys like a quiz question here. But it says, when he saw the crowds, he had shplakna for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. 
So they were lost, and they didn't know where they were going. Has anybody ever seen a video of sheep that don't have a shepherd or anybody heard anything about sheep? Basically, they'll go wherever they don't. They just go where they're told, pretty much, sheep do. So if they don't have somebody telling them where to go, if they're not following something, they're, I don't know who said it, but yeah, they're going all around. And that's what Jesus compared the crowds to that he was seeing. And that's really what people that don't know him, that's that's what it's like, right? Um, they're living for something that they don't even know. They don't know what their purpose in life is. Luckily for us, we do know what our purpose is um, because God's shown that to us and we, we know Jesus. But we need to have compassion, splachna, just like Jesus did for those that don't know him. Uh, and that's something that's going to come from the Holy Spirit at work within us. That same, I keep saying the word just because I'm telling you, at the church at church the past three weeks, I've heard splachna like 50 times. So I'm saying it like in everyday language now. But we need to have splachna, compassion, for people that are lost. The Bible says they're lost, they're dead. We need to have that same compassion for them that Jesus saw. So the first thing that we can learn from Jesus on how to love people is to have that compassion for them, that shplachna. I'm saying that so many times because I want you guys to remember. So say it one more time. Shplachna. Somebody says it really good over here. I'm not sure who it is, but it's like loud and proud, and I'm like, way to go. All right, the second thing, and there's three things really that I really want to hone in here. Obviously, the key thing, uh, and if this is your first time here, um, then you need to come speak to me afterwards. But um, we know what our purpose is, right? We've, we're, if you're here, chances are you're probably a follower of Jesus Christ. We love God because he loves us, and God's told us that we need to love other people. So really what I want you guys to listen to and hone in on tonight is how do we love other people? How do we go on mission every day, like what we saw in that video? How do we go on mission when we're in school uh, sitting next to people that are lost, like sheep without a shepherd? Think about that. Um, so the first thing is we got to have that compassion like Jesus had for the crowds that were around him, for the lost people that were around him. The second thing um, that I've got here is that Jesus spoke truth to people, uh, always out of love for them. So um, I got a couple verses here, and if you've got your, your Bibles with you, I would suggest you turn to them because this, um, besides the first passage that, passage that we read, this is the second longest passage, so I'm going to read it, and it would probably be a good thing if you could follow along. Uh, but John chapter 8, we're going to read in verses 2 through 10. Uh, but remember the key point that we're trying to emphasize here is that Jesus spoke truth to people out of love. Sometimes it's hard to speak truth to people uh, and, to, and tell people when they may be in the wrong or tell them that they're lost and they're dead, right? It's hard to tell people that. But Jesus did it, and he gave us an example for doing so. So in John chapter 8, verse 2, it says, Early in the morning he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. 
But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with a woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Basically, where are the people that brought you here? So uh, does anybody, everybody get what happened in that story? The religious leaders of the time, they brought this woman to Jesus and said, Hey, this woman's obviously committing a sin. What are you going to do about it? That's basically what they said. And what did Jesus say in return? Let the person that hasn't sinned be the one to condemn her, right? And what did they do slowly? It says one by one they left because they realized that they were all sinners. So there's twofold here that we have to remember when Jesus tells us to love people. There's two kinds of people that we're going to encounter, people that know Jesus, people that don't know Jesus. Let's start with the people that don't know Jesus. How do we love them? How do we speak true to them in love? Um, we're going to share God's love with them by sharing the fact that that he died for them and he offered uh, offered his forgiveness of their sins and offers them true life, right? But then the second group of people that we're going to encounter that God tells us that we're supposed to love people uh, is those that know Jesus and that maybe have a sin problem in their life. And what God tells us to do right there, and this is Jesus speaking to the religious leaders, is that you've got your own stuff going on. You should worry about your own sins and get those right before you worry about other people's sins. So that's something to remember also. Uh, it's, it's not, we're not supposed to um, be like the tattletales, God's tattletales, that, not that type of thing. But in order to truly love people, we've got to speak true to them. Jesus gave us that example in the Bible. So what's the first thing that Jesus told us to do or taught us how to, how to love people? Compassion for them. Splachna. Second thing is to speak the truth to them even when it's tough to do so. Uh, Jesus did it right here. So we've got that example. And the last thing, and this is the easiest one, in my opinion, um, but Jesus loved people enough to hang out with them. So some verses to go along with that, and go ahead and turn to this one too, Luke chapter 15. And this is the last point. But if we're going to love people, we've got to hang out with them, right? Do you love your friends? If you loved your friends, would you not hang out with them? Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. But you hang out with your friends because you love them, right? So uh, reading in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, and this is kind of an interesting one, and I'll make one more, two more points after this, just two more paragraph-length points, and then we'll be done tonight. Uh, but Luke chapter 15, verses 1 and 2 says, Now the tax collectors and, sin and sinners were all drawing near to him, drawing near to Jesus. And the Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So what do we know about that last set of verses that we read? The religious leaders, Jesus kind of said, Bam, you're wrong, right? He kind of told them what was up. Uh, in this case, again, we see that tax collectors, which back in biblical times, tax collectors were known to like cheat people out of their money and collect extra taxes and keep it for themselves. So they weren't really seen as very great members of society. And also it says right there in the verses that sinners were uh, drawing near to him. So what, what does that tell us about Jesus? If people that needed Jesus were the ones that were hanging out with him, was Jesus doing what he needed to do? Yes, right? So 
basically what this is saying is that for us to be able to share God's love with people, we've got to make ourselves available to them. Now, I'm not saying go out and find a really um, not great group of friends and start hanging out with them and, you know, start doing not good things. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that when you're at school, you've got to hang out with people that don't know Jesus. And I'm sure you guys all know a friend in your mind right now that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior. Everybody has plenty of people that they know of. You've got to make yourself available to them. The Bible tells us that we have to love them. We have to show them God's love so that they will know God and come to know him and come to know Jesus as our Savior. So living on mission every day is as simple as loving people. And Jesus has, has given us that example. So three things I wanted you to remember. Who knows the first one? How do we love people? How does Jesus show us to love people? That's all you need to know. Second one, speak the truth. I was hoping that I would remember too. And the third one, you've got to be willing to hang out with them, right? Because Jesus did it. He hung out with the tax collectors and the sinners. One of the disciples was a tax collector, Matthew. So one of the, the 12 people that was closest to Jesus was a tax collector. So I guess the whole point of what I'm saying, and just to loop it all back to the video, because I, I don't know about you guys, but definitely the first time I saw the video, I thought, hmm, this is a little bit corny. But the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, this is pretty cool, and it's uh, pretty accurate and pretty telling for, um, like when I first mentioned the word missions right at the beginning of, of this message, you guys thought of missionaries, right? And you tell the truth, you probably thought of overseas somewhere. You didn't think about your next door neighbor or the kid that sits next to you in uh, chemistry class or something like that, right? So that really brought it home to me. It brought it home to um, I got to think about the person that sits in the cubicle next to me or the person that's sitting at the table next to me when I'm eating lunch. Those are people that God has placed in our path for us to love. He's commanded us to love them, right? That's the second commandment that Jesus gave. That's what I want you guys to think about. This is meant to be a, a practical lesson. And um, like I said, this is something that our church is going through right now. It's, um, we kind of redefine what missions means in our minds as Christians. So it's just something that I thought would uh, help you guys too as well. Um, you know, just rethink what missions means to you when you hear the word missions. Um, sure, there's places for overseas missionaries. God calls people to go overseas and be missionaries all the time. We've got one right here, right? That's what you said you wanted to be. So God calls people to do that. God also calls people to be teachers. God calls people to be nurses because he knows that those people are going to come into contact with people all the time that need to know him and that he's going to work through them to share, uh, share with those people as well. So that's all I've got for tonight. I'm going to pray for us, and I think after I pray, we're going to be done. You guys don't have another song planned or anything, right? Okay, I didn't want to steal the thunder. All right, I will pray. I appreciate that. Whoa. It's like crazy. All right, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your message, Father. I pray that, um, that I know um, it was a little jumbled tonight, Father. I get that, but I pray that your message would have rung true tonight, Father, that we are, we are missionaries for you, Father. We are called to love people, and you've shown us how to love them, Father. We should have compassion like you had for them, Father. We should know how to speak the truth, Father. We should share you with others, 
um, Father, and we should be willing to be available, Father, and, and, and hang out with people. Show them uh, how you love them. I pray that you would make that real in each and every one of our lives today. Now, I'm just going to speak to the group really quick. Uh, I feel God calling uh, me just to ask this question, but um, I mentioned a second ago, um, and everybody just keep your eyes closed, head bowed. I mentioned a second ago that um, everybody probably has that one friend in mind that needs to know Christ. And some of you may have 10, 20 friends that you can think of right at the top of your head. But I want to take this minute for us to pray individually, uh, just for a minute. Pray for that specific person really quickly. Just pray that you would have the opportunity that God would present it for you to share with them and show show them that God loves them. All right, I mean, keep your heads bowed. But there's an, one other group that I just want to uh, throw this out to as well. But if all that I that I've talked about tonight just seems kind of um, not fr- unfamiliar to you. Uh, you don't. You're not even sure what a relationship with Jesus Christ looks like, uh, what that means in your life. Um, God calls us, uh, calls us to Himself through the work of His Holy Spirit. Uh, so, if you feel that calling on you right now, I would just ask that you would just look up, at, look up at me. Nobody is looking around the room, but if you feel that calling uh, of the Holy Spirit on you, just feel free to look up at me. <coughs> Okay, there's nobody in here tonight, and that's all right. Uh, I just want to pray one last time for for those specific people that we thought about earlier. I have one in particular on on my mind, and uh, it just so happens to be um, my brother. So it may be a family member for you that doesn't know Jesus. So I want to pray for each of uh, our individual uh, people that we thought of, uh, because God calls us to love them. He calls us to share share him with them as well. So I want to pray for them. Um, God, we just we pray for those specific people that were brought uh, to our minds tonight, Father. I pray for my brother Nick, uh, that you would just um, allow me the opportunity to uh, to continue to share with him uh, your love, Father. I pray that he would come to a to a relationship with you, and I pray that you would bring him there and show him your love for him, and allow me to be a part of that by showing uh, showing him uh, how you love him as well. Pray for each uh, other individual that was um, thought of tonight that you brought to our minds, Father. You brought those individuals to our minds. I pray that you would show us the practical ways uh, that we can show your love to those people, Father, and um, that you could draw them to yourself, Father, into a saving uh, relationship with Jesus Christ. Pray all this in your name, and I thank you for this awesome group that you brought here tonight. Amen. All right. I think that's it. Any announcements or anything that weren't said earlier? All right. You guys are good. Nobody wants to stand up first. First winner. All right. Thank you, guys.